going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jake Podcast. It is Friday afternoon, July 20th. Uh, a little late this week. I know usually I record on Thursday nights, but had a super busy week and just got pushed back. Uh, usually usually I'm you know ready to roll by Friday morning with the Instagram post and everything's going in the right direction, but just super late. I was going to have to record late, late last night, and I was not feeling it. So, hey, we're here Friday afternoon, uh, Friday evening, I guess. It's like, you know, quarter after five. So I'm going to record here. Then I go hit up the boys, grab some 24 ounces, and uh, be a little irresponsible at the park house later. Perfect. Perfect start to a perfect weekend, uh, which is a little different from last weekend. Had a lot of different events going on. And, man, this was a really fun week. It's funny how... It kind of rolled into that, not expecting this, and boom, I had low expectations for a lot of things, and it ended up being a really awesome week. So starting last Friday, didn't go out, guys night in, we did some gambling, and that went really well. We usually just you know play for 20, 40 bucks a piece uh, until the last game of the night, obviously, because then it's like, okay, you know what, forget everything that just happened over the course of the night where the worst you can do is lose 20 bucks. We're going to play bloody guts. And you know what, if you keep on losing money, you keep on losing money and there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I ended up being one of the winners of the night, cashing out at plus $2. Yeah. I mean, it, to be honest, when you play... You're not really looking to like, you know, clean up and, and clear out your friends' bank accounts. You know, it's I look at it as paying twenty bucks uh, to you know hang out and play and gamble all night with my friends, and that's kind of what it was. Except I ended up plus two. Uh, since we're such you know shitty trackers of the money and everything, I didn't actually take home any money, and I don't really know where that ended up. But who cares? It's it was all fun. Stayed in because it was a big day Saturday. Saturday afternoon, I had my girlfriend's family reunion. Uh, not exactly the brainy family reunion that I'm used to, the 35 straight years going down to the OBX with the shirts and all that stuff, but I didn't really know what to expect here. Uh, it was about 40 family members, and I had met like six at this point, and it was only her immediate family that I had met. So going in, I was like, all right, you know, I, I, I got this. Uh, I could be a little full of myself at events like this. I've always prided myself on being like the quote unquote living room boyfriend. Like you bring me home and I'm going to light up the party. And let's be honest, that's exactly what I did. Cleaned up, had a lot of fun, didn't know what to expect going in, but parked in the shade, had a couple beers, uh, brought my red shirt because everyone was wearing red shirts and the girls were wearing white shirts. So it was like, you know, really cool for pictures. And I was, yeah, I mean, you know, the fam loves me now. What, what can I say? No one's surprised by this. So it was a lot of fun, though. Had some beers, didn't have to drive, and then ended up just, like, crashing late at night. Didn't go out, didn't spend a whole lot of money. Did learn a really cool game, though. And it's called Left, Right, Center. And the way it works is everybody's at a table, and you take three single-dollar bills. I'm assuming you can change the quantity of money. You can play for pennies, you can play for quarters, you do whatever. But for this game, we played with three single $1 bills. So everybody's sitting at a table. Let's say it's a round table of four. Okay, Everybody has the $3 bills in front of them, and they have these three specific die. You're not just getting any random die. It's a specific die that you have to buy. Apparently, this is at Walmart, Kmart, something like that. So it's easy enough to uh, to find. You know, Look it up. Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day. Order it. And on the die, there's an L, an R, a C, and then three sides are also dots. So we have a 50% 50 uh, 50 chance of pulling a letter or a dot. And you roll all three. And depending on what comes up, if it comes up three dots, you, you don't do anything with your money. Uh, if you get an L, you pass a dollar to the person on your left. If you get an R, a dollar to the right. If you get a C, you put it in the pot in the center where it stays for the rest of the game. And then you pass the die to the next person. Now, you only get to roll the amount of die that you have in dollars there. So if you have like $10, you still only roll the three die. But if you have $2, you only roll the two die. If you have $0, you roll none and you pass it on to the next person. And the whole idea is to hold on to your money as long as possible. And you want the other people to have to put it into the center. 
or at least push it to you if they're close to you. And we played with like 25 people at a really long table. The game gets super competitive. It's a lot of fun. You can be knocked out early, but then get a dollar from someone next to you, and all of a sudden you're back in it to win everything at the end because the way it ends is the person that has the last dollar bill that's not in the center, because eventually they're all going to end up in the center, right? The person with the last dollar bill takes the pot. And that's it was a lot of fun. I didn't, I've never heard of the game before. I've been told about it. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, it'll be fun. And we played like six or seven rounds of this game. I came in second on one of them where it was me and this other guy going for the last dollar bill. And th these pots, you know, with this many people, it was like 75 bucks, you know, playing with that much. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And now I brought a game back to my family and to my friends that I can share with the whole group because this is something that I know everyone's going to, you know, go for. It was a lot of fun. So that was my girlfriend's family reunion. I made a killing. Everybody loved me. Learned a new game. Perfect thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Sunday came around and it was the day with my family. And to be honest, at first I wasn't all that thrilled to go to the racetrack, but we had booked this well in advance to the suites. And then once it turned out to not be a beach day, I was like, you know what? I'm now all for it. I didn't really want to get dressed up on a Sunday because I get dressed up on weekdays. I was like not feeling that, but I ended up getting away with a golf shirt and nice shorts. So we're all good. Uh, we got to the suite at the racetrack. I had actually, to be honest, never been to the Mammoth racetrack as an adult. And what we did was we acted like we knew what the horses were doing. It was uh, my four plus my girlfriend, and we had a we had a blast. We were in this suite that we that my mom won obviously because my mom always wins these things at like the you know charity events and auction events and you know raffles and stuff like that. So it was one of those things where my mom was like, "We have to use this, guys. Let's pick a day." Fortunately, it wasn't a rainy day. It was a rainy day. It wasn't a beach day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I made my money back. I. I gambled like a four-year-old just picking the names that I liked, which I, I hated that I became that guy, but I had zero interest in finding out who was good in the mud, who was good at this, who was good was that. I was like, I'm not doing research right now. I'm chilling on a Sunday afternoon. I'm not doing research. I'm picking names I like. Like from dusk till dawn, I'm like, yeah, give me that horse. That's that's pretty badass. Uh, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's go for a big payout. Let's pick the 30 to 1. And then I get pissed off, and I'm like, why does this guy lose by like 45 seconds? Well, yeah, no doubt, Jake. So aside from the fact that I'm a very inexperienced gambler, and it's good that I at least know that, um, it was a great time and I had so much fun. We ended up running around the whole place, checked it out. It's it's a popping spot. And now with sports gambling, it's a lot more and there's a lot more to add there. And I expect a lot of things going on like in football season. Didn't really get to check out the sports book a whole ton. But what I did see was enough for futures bets. And for those of you who don't know what future bets are, this is where you place things on who is going to win Wimbledon. Who uh, could end up winning the American League in baseball. Or who might win the AFC North. Well, Steelers probably going to but Steelers' odds aren't that great. You know, Bengals kind of suck. Ravens, who knows with them. Ooh, the Browns, 12 to 1 odds. I put my money where my mouth is, put 100 bucks on the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC North this year. Something that they have, well, yeah, never done. They've never won the AFC North. Tied for it one time, but didn't even make the playoffs because they had lost both games to Steelers. Won a... You know, series to get to the playoffs once uh, uh, and as a wild card, but never division champions. I am all in on the Browns this year. They just came out with, I mean, they're fun now. They're, they're not this boring team that nobody likes. They have more storylines than any other team, you know, in the NFL. And I've pointed this out in the past, and we're going to go all into the Browns next week and in the football preview when training camp opens. But they're fun now. They're, they're obviously getting along. They're posting a lot to social media. All these players are working out together in Miami and Los Angeles and wherever they're going. And they, yesterday, put together an office intro parody, including like a lot of the Browns players. It ended up being like 
two minutes long because everyone wanted to be a part of it. And it was like really funny and it makes you realize you're like, yeah, this is finally a Browns team like worth rooting for. I stuck it out through all the shit. I'm going to put some money on them. And you know what? If I win and I win $1,200, guess who's buying a playoff ticket to go see the Cleveland Browns? Like it's that simple for me. So really excited about uh, that. And you know what? Money it's it's you know I put my money where my mouth is because I am always the optimistic one when it comes to the Browns. You know we have the hierarchy of Browns fans in my family, and no one's more optimistic than my dad. I mean, it's pretty crazy when he's like, you know, twenty one points, you can you can come back from twenty one points. I've seen bigger comebacks. I'm like, Dad, we haven't scored in like three weeks. We're not going to score twenty one straight points to tie this game up in the fourth quarter. He's like, ah. I mean, you know, they've had some good drives this game. Like, it's unbelievable the amount of optimism he keeps after being a Browns fan for 57 years. It's crazy. After my dad's optimism, it's clearly me. I am the next most optimistic Browns fan in the family. Uh, I think this East Coast thing helps, you know, the fact that we aren't living with Browns misery every day that a lot of my cousins and uncles have to deal with in Ohio, where they just see it every day, every day, every day, where it's like, Man, it really wears on you. At least I get to live in my little bubble of being a Browns fan. Now, it doesn't help come football season when I get to see every one of my friends celebrate, you know, oh, the Giants won the Super Bowl again? Oh, no big deal. How the Browns? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so. Uh, but now, Browns are fun to root for. They're going to be fun on Hard Knocks. I'm definitely going to be covering that throughout the month of August. Very excited for Hard Knocks to start. And uh, we'll be talking plenty of football come next week. But the whole reason I got it, I wasn't even planning a Browns rant today. But I'm very excited because now I've got money on them. Um, hey, I'm all in. It's very exciting. I've never put a futures bet on before. And I've got the ticket and I've got the picture to prove it. This is all, this is all gravy now, baby. The other thing that was going on on Sunday was the World Cup Final. And usually, your boy Jake is not a soccer fan, but I was in a pool where uh, winner take all, 16 teams, everyone get one, and I got Croatia. I didn't know anything about them before I got them. I just said, all right, I'm a Croatia fan now. I found out, oh, you know, they used to be Yugoslavia. Oh, okay. Oh, I found out I'm a little Slavic, so that's uh, pretty cool, I guess. And I was, I was grasping at straws to root for them, but I said, you know what, whatever. I root for soccer once every four years. USA is not even in this. I'm on Team Croatia. And they had such an incredible run. Won two games in PKs and another in extra time. They went 3-0 in group play. So going into the finals, they're undefeated. And the big underdogs to France, who was very good, even though they're hard to root for because everything is just so over the top. I mean, it's like you're good. You don't need to sell injuries. Just go out and beat the other team. And that's what happened. Uh, France was the better team. Croatia scrapped their way to the finals, but they're a lot of fun to root for. I have a new favorite soccer player in Luka Modric. Uh, hopefully that's the right pronunciation. I feel like I heard a different pronunciation every time they said his name on the broadcast. But Luka for Real Madrid, he was a lot, He was just like the, like the ultimate captain out there. I was pretty sure he might be Steve Nash. So there's also that. So keep my eye on where Steve Nash was during the in the soccer uh, football World Cup, but it was a lot of fun. Didn't place any uh, bets on that, which was, you know, would I have hedged it? Maybe, you know, put a couple bucks on France because I would have won close to like 200 uh, if Croatia had won, so maybe get a little back if France won, but didn't get there in time to do that. Uh, it was a pretty tight match, but needless to say, I uh, hey, don't have to talk about soccer for another couple years. So moving on from that discussion. Hope everyone did enjoy the World Cup, though, because for someone who doesn't like soccer and complains about it and, you know, when some people say, oh, why don't you like it? And I say the typical American answers of why you don't like it. I did enjoy this World Cup. So regardless. So that was Sunday, a fun day at the track. Put in some gambling, watch some soccer, watch some horse racing, got some Italian ice afterwards, came back. Had dinner, watched like a thousand episodes of Parks and Rec and Arrested Development while we were just chilling. Walked the dog. 
Nice simple weekend. Very busy, a lot of different things, but I had low expectations of the track, low expectations, uh, or not really no expectations of the family reunion. And uh, I expected to lose money gambling on Friday night. You know, realize when you set the bar low, there's nowhere to go but up. That's kind of like what I do with the Browns all the time, except that now I set the bar at winning the division. So this could be a real pain in the ass this year. Aside from that, though, I had a fun week, too. The fun didn't end just because work begun on Monday morning. Uh, I'll get to the Bachelor at Hometown recap. We'll do that at the end of the episode because not everybody's a big fan of that. What everyone is a big fan of, though, is Bruce Springsteen. Now, no, I didn't have tickets to go see Bruce Springsteen. He only does the uh, the Broadway thing now, and I heard that mixed reviews on that one. Didn't really, it's not really my fancy. I'm not sure if I want to do that. If I want to splurge to get tickets to uh, hear, you know, Bruce do his story times, which you know, some people love it, and I actually do appreciate it. You know, at a concert when Bruce is like, ah, oh, you know what? Why don't we make the river 13 minutes long and I'll just tell stories about my guitar, my motorcycle, fighting with my dad, not going to war, all the typical stuff. And um, I always like that, but I don't know if I would pay big money for just a show of that. No, what we had this week was Billy Joel. That's right. Have a lot of concerts coming up because in the Brainy family, that's our go-to gift for somebody is, all right, dad, Father's Day, birthday, same week, let's go get Billy Joel tickets. Turns out, happens to be Billy Joel's 100th show at Madison Square Garden. Show or, or maybe it was sellout. I don't know. I'll get an intern to get look up that. But Billy Joel, Wednesday, at MSG. I used to work at MSG. Didn't see any of my former you know, co-workers, which I, I kind of expected because it's been a while. But it was an awesome show. I went in not knowing what to expect. To be honest, I didn't know if my dad was like, a thousand percent in because everyone likes Billy Joel, but we we aren't the biggest Billy Joel fans. And this show was rocking. He started off with Big Shot, which was really like kind of the one song I did want to hear when we went. You know, I know he has a lot of big hits, but Big Shot kind of sticks out to me, uh, especially the Fun DJs version, which I mean, I know it's like, you know crap Jersey Shore club music, but I am crap from the Jersey Shore, so what are you going to do? But no, he played the original version of that song, which was probably a good idea considering, uh, you know, the crowd that was there. Not all just Jersey trash. It was a lot of just, you know, people that wanted to see his classic stuff. And he played almost everything. You know, we were wondering on the on the train there, my mom and dad were like, oh, what songs do you think you'll play? I'm like, to be honest, I think it's better to guess which songs he won't play. Billy Joel doesn't seem like the guy that's going to avoid his hits. And to be honest, he played them all. Uh, he didn't play Captain Jack. And he didn't play uh, Lights Gone on Broadway. Uh, and those were like kind of like the two that I, I noticed. There were other songs he didn't play. He's got a long catalog and played 24 songs. But I guess someone had to get bumped when he announced he was going to have special guests. Now, when my mom found out about it being his 100th show, she said, okay, who do you think he's going to have on? Do you think he'd have Bruce on? I'm like, no, mom, you can't just assume he's going to have Bruce on because it's his 100th show. Like, I get it. They're both very successful actors from the same state, from the same time period. And, you know, Bruce is the type that would like to honor other people, lives in, you know, the area, Broadway in New York, I get it, but I'm like, Mom, you can't just set your bar at Bruce is going to show up. So I tried to, like, nip that shit in the bud. Of course Bruce showed up. And it was awesome. When Billy Joel was introducing the first his first guest, it was a uh, radio DJ from the 80s who uh, was, I think he said Q1043 maybe now is where he's at. Which was fun. It was cool. It was nice hearing this guy, like, honor him. And they raised the banner, which had, like, the Billy 100 on it. Which we actually got to bring home one of those, like, they handed out, like, mini banners for everybody, which was pretty cool because they didn't have the the shot glass that I was looking for and I wasn't going to buy, like, a t-shirt. So I was like, oh, I kind of want something from this night. And boom, they give us, you know, when you buy a $15 beer, they give you a cup to take home and they gave you the banner. It was all good. But later in the show, Billy was like, man, you know, we, I got a friend here. And everyone's like, 
come on. Don't tease. Just, just, just tell us, baby. Just tell us. Give us the good news. And he let in. He's like, he's a Grammy winner. He's a Jersey-born Tony winner. And like, and the moment he said that, people just lost their shit. It was so cool. My jaw was on the floor for like three songs. Bruce came out there. They played 10th Avenue Freeze Out. They played Born to Run. And I think Bruce was in on the next Billy Joel song as well. Uh, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure because I was just so flabbergasted from the fact that, I mean, I, my whole family looked at me too at the moment and was like, oh, Jake, you're wrong. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, guys. I'm enjoying Bruce Springsteen showing up at a Billy Joel concert. I had no idea. It was so awesome. Uh, I have all the videos. I'm going to end up posting that to, to Twitter, to, to Facebook, to Instagram, because I think that's something that everyone's going to want to see. And it was a blast. The whole show was amazing. Uh, he, when the, uh, he ended with Piano Man, and then the encore was was coming up and my sister said oh do you think you didn't play uptown girl i'm like yeah sometimes you gotta cut some she's like oh you didn't play we didn't start the fire i'm like yeah maybe he doesn't like that song because it's kind of like a shitty song it's just him yelling things and maybe he doesn't want to play that it, i know it's a fan favorite and of course the first two songs he comes out with are uh we didn't start the fire and then uptown girl i'm like yeah of course obviously he's gonna do that and then you may be right was his closing song and it was awesome Billy Joel was so good. The band was great. The crowd was great. We made our train after, which was a miracle. We made this train. We had to we had to get from the upper deck at MSG down to Penn Station in like 12 minutes. And we got there in like six minutes. It was unbelievable. We had so much time to spare. I, I was shocked. I was like, there's no way we're making this, guys. We're going to have to wait till at 12.05. And we made it in time. Who knows? Maybe Billy Joel was like giving everybody the... Like the bumping saying, like, hey, I know people got to go somewhere. I don't want people staying in the train station all night. We'll end at this time so that everyone can get there because the train was packed. But it was a great night. We started the night with a great steak dinner at Uncle Jack's. Oh, that was awesome. Had like, we did a lot of splitting of like, I had a big ass burger. We had like crab cake. We had like, a, we had the seafood platter. We had everything you could want. And it was just a, what a special night, what an unbelievable time. To be honest, I don't think I'll ever see Billy Joel again because there's no topping that experience that we had. I'm like, you know, I'm not the type that likes to just say, oh, that was great, I'll never do it again, but there are a lot of things I want to see in my life, and there are a lot of shows. I know Billy Joel plays once a month or maybe more than that, maybe he'll play less than that now, but I'm like, I did it. That was the Billy Joel concert, you know, I was... At 12, 12, 12, but I was working. So I've seen him, I've heard his music live, but I've never really had to experience it as a fan and got to like really enjoy it like that. And to be at that show was really something special. So uh, I want everyone to comment, whether you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, I want you to comment with your favorite show ever. Yeah, so comment with your favorite show on what, whatever you're listening. Or you know what? It doesn't even have to be show. Your favorite live event you've ever been to. Uh, I want to know what everyone's creme de la creme was. Because I've seen a lot of good shows. I've seen uh, Matchbox 20 live a couple times, which I love them. I've seen Bruce. I, I love Bruce. This was right up there, though. Uh, if we're going to mix in the sporting events, I mean, I fucking saw the last time the Browns made the playoffs. Like, I was there, you know? I know that was like 700 years ago, but still, I was there when the Browns made the playoffs last time. So to me, that's the best live event I've ever been to. But if we're talking concerts, I mean, this past Wednesday, seeing Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen show up, I mean, that's right up there. So I want to hear what your favorite live event you've ever been to and what you want to see, too. Comment on whether you're reading this, on, uh, listening on Facebook, on Instagram, comment on whatever you can find. I'll, let's start the debate of what's the best show out there to see because, hey, I need ideas. I want to go see more things. I want to go enjoy life like that. I, I am a big event guy. Give me some events. Yeah, so it was it was an amazing show and it was a lot of fun. I had, I had a great time. Everyone had a great time that was there. I was pumped. Uh, and this came during the MLB All-Star break. So uh, wasn't watching the All-Star game because I was watching Billy Joel kick ass. And the days that followed that, 
were the boringest days, the sports days of the year, because there's just the ESPYs, which I had no interest in watching. Oh, no, that's what it was. The show was during the ESPYs, which I had no interest in watching anyway. The All-Star Game I watched like a minute of just to see Francisco Lindor's interview, and I uh, got to see my boy Jan Gomes be an All-Star catcher. That was what I was here for, because there are some Jan Gomes doubters in the world, and... A lot of them are Yankee fans. That's where, you know, El Gary Sanchez is like the king of kings. But you know what? Jan Gomes was an all-star and Gary Sanchez wasn't. It's not all about superpower. It's about being a good catcher. So shout out to Jan Gomes and the six other Indians all-stars that represented the tribe well. And that's right. I said six other ones because they just acquired one. On the boringest sports day of the year, the game, the day where there's no games, no football, no baseball, no basketball, no hockey, Wimbledon is over, World Cup is over, there's nothing going on on that Thursday of the All-Star break. And of course, what happens? Oh, the Indians trade for Brad Hand, left-handed closer for the San Diego Padres, as well as, uh, uh, they also got a reliever in the deal as well, Adam Symbol. Oh, I gotta learn his name. Uh, but he's like a submariner rookie. It was kind of just thrown in. Now they had to give up their top catching prospect, Francisco Mejia. But I think it was worth it because the Indians are all in on winning a World Series. And Francisco Mejia wasn't really going to be a driving force in getting them a World Series. But they used to have a strong bullpen. That's when the Indians are at their best is when they have that bullpen clicking. Andrew Miller is injured. He's going to come back soon. They just picked up two guys from San Diego who are super reliable, both under control for, I think, Hand has three years and the other has five, and they can afford them. This was a trade the Indians had to make if they want to contend. You know, ESPN just came out with a tweet today with a picture of Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, and Jose Altuve saying, who's going to win the American League? And I'm saying, man, you know, they're disrespecting the team with seven All-Stars. You know, the Cleveland Indians are in this. I know they haven't proven to be a contender yet because they're like 10 games back of all those three teams, but they've got the easiest path to the playoffs because they've got the biggest lead in their division. And they are likely not, they don't have to deal with one of those wildcard teams that are going to be coming in hungry. You know, they're just going to have to deal with probably the Astros in the first round. Now, they didn't need to go get Manny Machado. They didn't need to go get one of these superstar bats. What they needed to do was shore up their bullpen. And Brad Hand does that. So it's very exciting to be an Indians fan right now. I uh, was planning on doing more of a first-half recap of Major League Baseball. But to be honest, I don't really pay attention to the National League all too well. So I don't want to act like I know what's going on and judge them. Uh, because really I'm not worried about the National League. I'm worried about one team in the National League, and that's if the Indians make the World Series. And I'm not really going to worry about that until that comes up. What I'm worried about is the AL Central, which has been garbage, and the Indians won this two months ago. They're seven and a half up right now. They just shirt up their bullpen. They were making tr trades for the future and for October. They didn't need to make trades to get to October because they know they're going to get there. What they did is they needed to make the trades that can get them to November. And I think Brad Hand is the first trade that uh, is going to help them do that because they're going to be facing these monster lineups and they're going to need a healthy Adam Miller, Andrew Miller. They're going to need another guy like Brad Hand. They're going to need Cody Allen to be fresh. And instead, we've been working him like a dog because he's the only bullpen arm we like. And now his numbers are inflated because he has no rest. Now he's going to have rest. He's going to be better. We just picked up another guy from San Diego. I think we're going to pick up another one before the deadline's over. I think things are really starting to kick up for the Indians. They've got a three-game set with Texas this weekend. I think it's time to really start rolling because they've got an all-star type lineup with four all-stars in the lineup, not to mention other guys who have been former all-stars. Uh, as recently as last year with Yonder Alonso, it's time. You know, it's time to start cracking the whip and put this thing to bed, win the AL Central, make it to the playoffs. And once the playoffs start, I will have fans of the Astros, fans of the Yankees, and fans of the Red Sox on the podcast to talk about the American League playoffs. I think that'll be a lot of fun. 
going forward. But for now, it's the dog days of the summer. It's about getting your team to October. We know the Indians are going to get there, so there's really not a whole lot to talk about in that regards. Red Sox-Yankees, they look phenomenal. But you know what? Indians had the most wins in the American League last year, didn't get out of the first round. So it's not about looking phenomenal in July. It's about being healthy and ready and on fire in September, October. And that's what the Yankees were, and that's what the Astros ended up being. So if we're talking longevity, that's what we have to go for. All right. Uh, the other thing about the All-Star break, not just the Indians, was the Home Run Derby. There's nothing really else to watch. The All-Star game it can be a little boring at times. I like that they had interviewing players during the game. I think that's a lot of fun. But the Home Run Derby, you know, I was going in thinking this is going to be another boring one. Uh, last year's was too good. It's not even worth attempting to match uh, the fun it was last year. But I realized something when watching this one, when watching a couple clips, I realized, you know what? This whole timer thing makes it so much better. Now, there was a little loophole. You know, someone was complaining that Bryce Harper's dad was pitching too fast and they weren't waiting for the balls to land. But I'm like, that's home field advantage. Relax. Like, this was in Washington. He was, if he wanted to win the home run derby, they were, he was going to win the home run derby. So Bryce Harper ended up winning the home run derby. It was fun to watch. Uh, it With the timer and the clock and the bonus time for extra long homers, that's so cool. And they really found the right uh, kind of like dynamic to run the home run derby now. I think from now on, they just got to stick with that. Not a number of outs because then that gets so selective and so boring that like guys will just take until they get the best possible pitch. It's like, no, this is swinging them all because you only have a certain amount of time. And uh, I wouldn't even be against if they had a pitching machine out there. But I like the fact that you have your own pitcher. You know what? Pick your own. And if you pick a bad pitcher, if you pick a good pitcher, it's on you. I like that. I like that aspect of this. So Bryce Harper's dad was up there feeding him meatballs. You know, Kyle Schwarber's friend was feeding him meatballs. That's what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be crank out a bunch of swings and get into a rhythm and just swing because you know you're a good hitter and not swing at it because it's the perfect pitch. And then somebody's turn is like 10 minutes longer. It's like, no, they're all four-minute turns, and you might get a bonus 30 if you've been killing it, which is fine because we want to see the guys killing it. So even though it didn't have the star power, it only had one American League player, Alex Bregman, who's not even a home run hitter, I was in because it was just fun to watch. You know, there's a couple guys I, I didn't know much about. The guy Max Muncie in L.A. I, I've never heard of until, the, until I realized he was in it. Uh, I've never once watched Freddie Freeman play. You know, Harper I've seen play plenty. Schwarber I know of. Uh, Baez I know of. But, like, you know, Jesus Aguilar, hey, he didn't make it out of the first round. I know him very well from his Indians days. But you know what? They found a, the new recipe for success with the Home Run Derby. You can put a bunch of scrubs up there with the timer going and you're chasing your buddy's number and you have only so much time to get there. Man, is that fun. It was very cool. And they they found it. They, they know what to do now. So... Anyway, not much else to talk about with the All-Star break. Uh, finally, we're getting to the Bachelorette recap. So if you're not a fan, <laughs> skip ahead to the one-minute movie review right at the end before leaving. But, man, the Bachelorette this week was hometowns. The Final Four was set. We kind of knew this Final Four for a while. It, uh, I guess the one mini upset was that Jason got there, which, you know, his relationship with Becca kind of took a little bit longer, but uh, he got there because apparently he's an amazing kisser, according to what she told her friends. All right, relax. But Jason made a really good impression. His family was really great to her. And you know what? I knew the whole time. I said, look, Jason, he's going to need the other guys to like to slip up a little bit because she's just farther along with them. But if one of these guys slips up, he's safe, and, and she'll keep him around because he's safe, and she doesn't want any drama. And that's exactly what happened. He played it safe. He went for the par, David. And uh, and yeah, and he moved on to the top three, uh, which will be on Monday, the Passion Suite episode. Uh, next up was Garrett. Not not much of a big surprise there. Uh, you know, he started off the episode. It was a very boring date. 
His, uh, his mom was like a little protective of him because he's had his heart broken. He was divorced and it was a really tough relationship. So Becca had to watch like his mom go through pretty like tough admission to watching all this on play. And, and uh, that got like a little like, you know, oh, a little emotional. But their date itself was so safe and easy. She actually said his name last, which was a little surprising because I was like, no, there's no fucking way he's not making it. He's like the, he's the clear favorite. And he made it through. The one thing I didn't even pick up on that I was reminded about later was he planted a rose bush on his farm so that he can give her roses forever. And I was like, mm, that's a winning play right there. That is the type of, that's like his Heisman moment. I was like, well done, Garrett. Garrett didn't even realize he did that. And I'm like, that's the type of move she loves. She's always so excited to see him. He's always like staring at her and really smiling a lot. It was big time. Yeah, so you guys know how everyone has their Heisman moment, you know, uh, Johnny Manziel beating Bama, whether it was RG3's, like, 70-yard miracle touchdown, Garrett planting the rose bush. Heisman moment. He's going to win this show. Don't tell me if you know, because I, I don't want to hear spoilers. I already heard one mini-spoiler that I don't like knowing, but... The fact that it doesn't ruin it for me, I was like, okay, that's fine. But uh, if you know spoilers, please don't tell me because I really do enjoy watching this show. Uh, anyway, so it came down to the last spot. It was Blake and Colton. These were the two dramatic ones we saw coming in. The other two guys played it safe. These are the ones that are a little rough. You know, Blake gets inside his own head. He's always worrying about everything. He's such like a nice boy, but at the same time. He really just freaks out a little bit, but she's so into him. She's so into him. Uh, on their hometown date, he had to talk about, you know, his parents getting divorced. He talked about there was like a school shooting go like that uh, years ago, and and it's like, man, you're, like, you're I, I I know these are a lot of tough things, but you're supposed to be showing her like a really good time and showing her that this is her future with you and everything. And he kind of choked. And I was like, this isn't looking good for you, man. Especially when his parents were like, you said you love her, you're fucking crazy. Like they literally, like his mom was like, that's crazy when he said that to her. He's like, I know, right? Crazy. And it's like, no, Blake, no. But by the end of this episode, all four guys either said, I'm falling in love with you. I love you. I am in love with you. Or some variation of the phrase but no one left without saying it because they realized when she left she was going to hang out with other dudes and if she didn't hear from you they were going to say it and they were going to be on their game so they all knew that they had to spew it out and with colton because the last spot came around colton and blake colton really cleaned up uh they did a whole date involved with like the children's hospital which was something that uh we knew early from the season that he spends a lot of time with that and then he met her big ass, he, she met his big ass family and everything was going well until she talked to the dad and the dad was like, heartbreak now is better than heartbreak later. Let him down if you don't think you're going to pick him. Just he was like, I straight up don't want you to pick him. Like, don't do it. And she took that to heart and they all went back to Los Angeles and it came between, did Blake shoot himself in the foot? Or did Colton's dad end up winning out? You know, what was going to play here? And the kicker was when Tia took her aside, when she was talking to her girls, saying, Jason's such a great kisser, and Garrett's so great, and Blake is, oh my God, he's so fun, and Colton's still here, and I love him. Or not love him. She didn't say that. She's like, oh, and I'm all about him. And then Tia just, like, flat out, like, pooped her pants and was like, shit, I got to say it. You could tell she was hoping she that t that Colton would just get cut along the way, and she was like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck! Please don't tell me he's still here. He's still here." They showed Tia on camera. You could see her pooper pants. She took her aside and said, "Hi, I have to talk to you." And Becca was like waiting for it. She was like, "Yeah, okay, let's talk." And she found out that Tia still has feelings for him. And Becca was like, "Well, I like you. You're my friend. I don't want to come in between that." And then when it came to the date. 
But she ultimately decided that Colton was not going to move on to the fantasy suites. So not a big surprise there. Uh, Colton is a big-time Bachelor candidate because all the girls like him. He didn't do anything wrong to get kicked off the show. That's like a big tell. You know, Sean Lowe was like heartbroken when he left. Colton was a little heartbroken. The th problem I have, though, is that they're inviting him back to Bachelor in Paradise. And if they really wanted him to be The Bachelor, they wouldn't risk losing him on Bachelor in Paradise. So I'm not sure if he's going to be The Bachelor. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Blake, is Blake will end up being the choice. Uh, I, I, I look at Colton as the top prospect for The Bachelor. I look at Blake as a decent prospect for The Bachelor. But better than the last couple guys we've had. So maybe, I don't know. They've been very bad at picking The Bachelor the last couple years. So... They really need to fix it this time around. But the funniest thing that came from that whole episode is the fact that going into the rose ceremony, all the guys are in there. Chris Harrison shaking hands. You know, Colton, how you doing? And Colton's like, good, man. It's feel great. Our date went really well. I, uh, I, I really, I'm really happy with everything. And he's like, great. And Chris Harrison was like, that's the amount of talking we do now. And Colton was like, hey, uh, quick question for you. Uh, <laughs> And he proceeded to ask about next week's possible date and if he makes it to that. And Chris is like, yeah, they call it the Passion Suite or the Fantasy Suite, whatever they call it. Because they always change the name every year. He's like, uh, yeah, I know about it. He's like, so what, uh, what goes on there? And Chris Harrison drops a face that is like, are we about to have like the talk? Because Colton is famously a virgin on this show. And Chris Harrison was just... Not mortified, but like, Jesus, how am I giving a talk to a 26-year-old, you know, former NFL player? <laughs> how, how does this guy not have this conversation at this point in his life? And it was just flabbergasted. He also said this to his mom, and his mom was like, oh, uh, that's information I'm learning about today. Uh, it was unbelievable. Colton, I mean, he... he Hopefully, what happens is he goes on Bachelor in Paradise, he hooks up with Tia, and nothing happens between them, and he says, you know what, I need to be The Bachelor. And they bring him on as The Bachelor for January. That's the best case scenario for his future and this this franchise. So, anyway, it was a great, it was a great week. Uh, it's always a little bit better with the girls. You know, we were worried that, you know, when, when Colton's dad said to uh, let him go, it made us think about Amanda when Ben Higgins, you know, she said, hey, look, I have two kids. If you're not going to pick me, just tell me now so that I don't have to leave them, go back to Los Angeles, and then come back brokenhearted. And he was like, I want you in Los Angeles. And then dot, 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 so I can cut you in Los Angeles. It was, it was kind of a shitty move by Ben Higgins. But then again, Ben Higgins did some shitty moves on that show. Telling two girls he loves them. Yeah, that's that's kind of a shitty move too. So, uh, fortunately, Becca learned from that and uh, decided to not not uh, not ruin him and let him go and not break his heart later. So that's enough Bachelor for this week. Uh, the hometown dates is such a fun episode. It's more fun with the girls, uh, but I think this has been a pretty decent season of the Bachelorette. Paradise is going to be great, and hopefully, they announce sooner rather than later that. Colton will be the bachelor. Now, for the final segment of today's episode, well, before I have to do that, I do owe an apology. Uh, last weekend, when I was comparing my tanning to my girlfriend's tanning, I said that using tanning oil was cheating, but I realized, you know what? I should just be using tanning oil. So, we're going to experiment with tanning oil this weekend. I'm going to rock it, and I'm going to get red, and it's going to turn to brown, and I'm going to look good because I have a driver's license picture I need to take, and I want it to look good. I don't want to look pasty and pale. I want to look brown. So it's not cheating, or you know what? It's time for me to get dirty and cheat as well. So uh, finally, before I let you go, I did see another movie this week. I've been on a movie kick recently. I've been crushing it, and this week's episode of the One Minute Movie Review is Ant-Man, starring Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to Ant-Man, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, uh, Michael Pena was in it, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kate Austin from Lost, Evangeline Lilly, uh, T.I., my boy T.I. showed up in it, uh, Randall Park from 
I mean, you've seen him on like everything. He showed up in like Modern Family as that show off the boat. Great cast for Ant Man, uh, and and the supporting characters delivered. They're very funny characters, or very funny actors, and did great job in their character spots. I was surprised at how much I really set another low bar. I mean, I think the title of this episode is definitely going to be low bar because that's what I did. I set a low bar for that movie. I set a low bar for a lot of things this week, and it ended up wowing me on how great it was. Uh, very funny. It, the ending really tied into the Marvel Universe right now. Uh, and and I guess I'll, I'll share that in that uh, everyone lives throughout the movie. You know, they uh, Lawrence Fishburne was also in there too. I forgot about him. It was cool. It was funny. They uh, The bad guy wasn't really like a big time bad guy. It was Walton Goggins was like a, like a dealer. He ended up... Uh, I guess being caught in the end, but it was really, he was no really big threat. They were evading the FBI, so that wasn't really a big threat. And then the bad guy in the crazy suit that can like go through walls and stuff, turns out it wasn't a suit, it was actually this, you know, girl who had some type of, you know, exposure when she was a child. Uh, they used the word quantum a lot, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to try and act like I knew what was going on, but she can go through walls and they uh, were trying to fix her at the end of the movie, and, and you know she wasn't fighting anymore. They were friendly. Uh, and at the end of the movie, in the extra scene, they were going to the quantum realm to go retrieve the type of particles and st or whatever they were trying to retrieve to help cure her. And, yeah, they, they saved Michelle Pfeiffer, and a lot of things were a bit uh, exaggerated, and I think they swept a lot of stuff under the, oh, it's really complicated science rug, because, you know, kind of like what people, com you know, complain about Inception. But I was like, ah, you know, I don't care. Make it too complicated for me to understand. So I have to buy into it. Cool. Works for me. But they saved Evangeline Lilly's mom. They saved Michael Douglas's wife. Even though she'd been down in the quantum realm for 30 years. Uh, but she was walking around just fine when she got back into her regular sized body. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and then in the extra scene, they were gathering this extra realm type stuff and Paul Rudd's like okay guys warp me back I'm ready and yep everyone's gone yep they vanished and turned into Thanos dust so we found out Paul Rudd survived the Thanos reckoning so he will be available for the Infinity War or whatever movie comes next they led on to no such thing for Captain Marvel which was a super bummer I was really hoping they would and it's going to come to somebody having to rescue Paul Rudd from this quantum realm, and uh, I don't know who's available to do that because they kind of zapped away everybody. And, yeah, so we'll see. But very good movie, definitely worth seeing. If you've seen all the Marvel movies, definitely go see it. If you're not up to speed on Marvel movies, it's not really worth it. But that's it. That's all I got this week. It was a really fun week. Lots of fun to be had this weekend. Get some beach, get some sun. And I'll talk to you on my birthday week. Peace.